the other day saw this little meme that said, the closest I come to a spa day is when the autoclave steam smacks me in the face. And it made me chuckle. It is the perfect quote and will be our quote of the day today because who the hell has money for a spa day as a vet tech? Welcome back to another episode of Vet Vitality, the podcast that scratches deep into the world of veterinary medicine and the issues we face. I'm your host, Ash, and today's episode is a rather infuriating one. Today in episode two, titled Making a Living on Love, which is a question, by the way, we talk pay. So without further ado, let's jump on in. Let me start by saying I hate an echo chamber. For those of you who don't know, an echo chamber is when the same ideas are perpetuated to us over and over, sort of like an echo, until we believe them and are unable to look at things from another viewpoint. It's sort of ingrained in us. I am and have always been someone open to education, discussion about anything, and essentially someone changing my mind. I challenge anyone to change my mind about something. Let's talk about it. Let me see your point of view. But seriously, I know we have all heard that idiotic echo chamber reverberate the words, no one does this job for money, or seen that snarky little social media post that says, I do this for the money, said no vet tech ever. Can we just stop? Like, I get it. We love animals, but not a single one of us took this job expecting to do it for free. We all wanted a career, and you know what comes with the career? Money. That is dangerous talk. Repeating those words to others, repeating it to ourselves, it is an echo chamber, and we have to stop echoing that right now. No more. You are not making a living on the love of animals. Your electricity company is not taking that as a form of payment, babes. Do we love the animals we care for? Absolutely. The sentiment that the passion for the animals we care for should outweigh the financial considerations that we have is not fair. We have bills. We have families. We need to eat. We deserve fair and proper compensation for the job that we do. For years and years, I worked under the thumb of someone who treated my benefits and my pay as if it was something he was giving me as a gift, not something that I earned. He would act as if I was taking food from his daughter's mouth with my bare hands if I even breathed the words pay raise. He would hold bonuses over my head as leverage, hold my insurance over my head as a way to keep me there, my vacation pay was issue. This severely impacted my job satisfaction. I eventually became so mentally drained that it made me mentally ill, suffering from burnout, later compassion fatigue, and I finally walked out in the middle of my shift. I am not that person, but it got to a point where it was me or that job, and I chose me, and I would do it all day, every day, and again on Sunday. You have to choose you. Now, I've had some time to heal from this experience, and I'm still healing because I spent a decade 
under this toxic rule. But I've learned a lot in the past year or two. Number one, your pay is earned. Your insurance is not a gift. It is a requirement for your health. Your vacation time is something you work for and deserve. Those sick days are there for a reason. You deserve to eat. You deserve to pay your bills. You deserve to not stress over every damn dollar you spend. You deserve to have gas in your car without counting change. You deserve a living wage, and we have to demand better. I have honestly been thinking a lot about unionization and if it might be a solution. If veterinary professionals came together to demand fair treatment, equitable compensation, and improved working conditions, what could our future look like? If we had a committee of people setting industry-wide standards for pay, for benefits, and so on, what might change for us? Well, as it turns out, I'm not alone in this thinking. There is actually a newer union called the National Veterinary Professionals Union that plans to advocate for support workers in veterinary medicine, like technicians, assistants, CSRs, kennel workers, etc., to make sure that we get the pay and benefits we deserve. We definitely deserve a living wage, but, I mean, what is that? That's different everywhere, right? So let's tackle some numbers. The average living expense in 2023 for the USA, as reported by Dave Ramsey, is around $4,000 a month for a single person. That's $48,000 a year. Now, a married couple with no children, like myself, spends about $6,340 a month, while the family of four weighed in at an average of $8,600 a month, which translates to $103,000 per year on expenses. It's estimated that about 33% of that is from housing. So when I crunch some numbers, this means a single person spends $15,840 on average to have a roof over their head. The average tech in the U.S. makes thirty to 32000 with those of us earning the highest at around forty-five. And this is per salary.com. So let's say you make $35,000 take home and you spend $15,840 on rent as a single person. This leaves you $19,000 for an entire year. That is to pay your car insurance, to pay your health insurance, to pay internet, groceries, pet supplies, power, water, cell phone, TV, gym memberships, whatever else. Honestly, as a single person, you could never do it alone making $35,000 take home. It, it's, it's not possible. Well, unless you have the strictest budget ever, a ton of credit card debt, or you're always broke. So what's a living wage then? Well, that depends on where you are. I found this great website called Zippia, Z-I-P-P-I-A dot com that has a list by state, all ranging from sixty-eight to $44,000 per year. I can count on a single hand the techs I know, even credentialed, making more than $44,000 a year. According to that list, Maryland technicians should be making around 46, which would be amazing because I definitely don't make 46,000 a year. And honestly, what some of us are getting paid is pathetic. I make more now than I ever have in a decade, and while I'm happy with my pay, I would not complain if I got more. But what some of us are getting paid is pathetic. 
This disparity is 100% hindering us from thriving in our personal lives. Not only is it hindering us in our personal life, it's hindering us in our professional life. There might be a certification that we want to get. There might be school that we want to take that we cannot afford, a class, a CE, whatever. We are being punished financially essentially because we dedicated ourselves to animal care. We cannot live off of the love of animals, and we have to stop repeating the echo chamber that insinuates that we can. Hospitals have to start adjusting for inflation. In addition to valuing experience, education, and credentials, every hospital needs to implement regular, quarterly, or biannual evaluations for raises instead of forcing us to initiate the conversations to seek them. Unfortunately, some of us have issues with confrontation. Some of us have issues with asking for a raise, and we won't. I've asked for a raise twice in my entire career, and both times I had to write my boss a letter because I could not speak to him in person about it. It was extremely uncomfortable, and I just was not able to do it. And to be honest with you, had I not asked for them, I don't know that he would have ever given me a raise. Now, fortunately, I am at a new company that does provide biannual raises based on our performance without us having to ask. But my previous boss never did that. And based on talking to people that I know, I don't think that a lot of small hospitals do that. Corporate definitely has the tendency to give you biannual or quarterly raises based on your performance, but small hospitals don't. And it's important that they do. Inflation is about 3% a year. So if you're a manager or a boss listening to this, honestly, your employees need to be getting at least 3% a year just to stay with inflation. But you should be giving them more because their years of service and their experience. If inflation is 3%, you should bare minimum be giving them 4 or 5% every year. Additionally, some benefits beyond the paycheck would be super nice. Compensation isn't just about the paycheck. I can name some various benefits that my boss could offer to make me more rewarded and even promote a better work-life balance. A gym membership, pet care services like pet insurance, massages, back to that spa day I mentioned, right? I've even heard of some hospitals offering discounted child care or doggy daycare. I say yes to all of that. Yes to CE that requires us to travel as a team and take some classes somewhere nice. Recently here in Maryland, I can't remember if it was this year or last year, they did a CE that was in Ocean City. That would have been great. Take a weekend, take your employees to the beach and do some CE while you're at it. It builds the team. Everybody learns some things. Your staff gets to take a cool vacation. Like it's a win-win-win for everybody. Added perks could make a positive impact on your technician's lives, on our lives, if you're not a manager. And, you know, they need to be offered more. As I wrap up today, I really hope this episode has helped you reflect on your own monetary needs. We need to advocate for our financial stability by reimagining our compensation structures and embracing a more direct approach to staff well-being. I really do think we can create a brighter future for everyone involved in our field. Know your worth. If you need to ask for a raise and don't want to do it in person, write the letter. I did, and it worked. I will even offer you a template for that letter if you email me at the email address listed down in the show notes. Highlight all that you do, your expertise, your importance to the company, and negotiate like a boss. Always ask for more to make room 
for them to negotiate lower. Never ask for exactly what you want. Ask for a number. Never say, give me what you think I deserve. That opens the door for your feelings to be very hurt. Remember, most companies go in percentage raises, not dollar raises. Instead of offering you a dollar, means that they would take your salary and offer you, say, 3% of your salary. So the following year, you would get your salary plus that 3%. Like I said, inflation last year was around 3%. Don't quote me on that. So if they're only offering you 3%, don't bite. It ain't enough. You need to demand more. Thank you for joining me for this little journey through the complexities of making a living in VetMed. The change won't happen overnight, but these new unions popping up and us speaking out will definitely make a difference. Like I said last week, and I'm going to repeat it every week, if we stand united, not one more of us will fall. Remember, while the love for animals is the heart of this profession, valuing the professionals behind the scenes is vital to veterinary vitality. Stay tuned for more thought-provoking discussions on VetMed. Until next week, puppy kisses and kitten hisses. Peace, y'all.